Tres. Dos. Dos. Damn it. <laughs> Uno. <laughs> Hey, this is Drew, and I am psyched to be here with my little sister, Ashley. Hey, hey, hey. And best friend, Derek. Oh, hi. Not on thin ice at all. You are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. <laughs> Episode 136. Boo! Who? Ashley. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when the heck are we this week? <clears throat> in October of 1994, three podcasters disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while recording an overnight episode. This tape was found a year later. I hope that's not us. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Derek. He's fussy what again. is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. What the hell is that's it? That's not man? you? Uh... <laughs> oh, what the hell uh... is that? No, it's not me. Why don't we uh, go camping for Halloween? Yeah, um, that sounds like a great idea. But like, what the? What was? What was that? I don't know. Um, let's just keep walking and walking and walking. Who has the directions, Derek? I gave them to Derek. Map? No, I gave them to you. Wait, wait, wait. What? I don't have them. Is that a wait? Is that a movie theater in the distance? (laughs) What's happening? Weird. I didn't see that on the map, but since we don't have the map, I guess we'll just we'll we just go, go in and check it out. Go yeah. into the theater, but what All are right. we gonna watch? I don't know. Let's 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 just surprise ourselves. Okay. It began as a mystery. It became a phenomenon, and now it's as close as your remote control. For the first time on television, the Blair Witch Project comes to pay-per-view. Experience the movie critics call a groundbreaker in fright. An instant classic. I hear him downstairs! The Blair Witch Project, now on pay-per-view. Lights on, lights off. You decide how to watch it. Oh my god. was that? Oof. What you want? What you get? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have gone in there. Yeah, I I regret it, but that's okay. Lights <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, so we just saw the Blair Witch Project. We were not ready to retire Halloween just yet, so we squeezed one more super scary viewing in, and it might be our last. Who knows? Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> if you're hearing this tape a year in the future, then that means we're dead. If not, then <laughs> we're also dead. We're still dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep this ruse up, but uh, what did y'all think of the movie? I really liked it. Cool. A lot, actually. Um, I remember watching this as a kid, and I was like, it was really scary then, and I wasn't sure how it was going to hold up, but I was really impressed. Um, same Derek yeah aside from the motion sickness yeah uh, tough. loved it and I even had friend of the podcast slash husband Isaac watch it (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't like horror movies but he actually was really into this one and was also freaked out and um, thought it was really well done so that's exciting to hear uh, Mallory did not my girlfriend (laughs) did not like it no, she, she was hoping for 
uh, somebody to come out of the woods, like with their intestines coming out or something. More. Oh, gore. she wanted the gore. She wanted, yeah, yeah. So oh. I guess that kind of lends itself to. It didn't really show that much, but no. it was suspenseful and creepy as fuck. Yeah. And it felt real. Like I felt like kind of claustrophobic, like them being in the woods lost. It seemed like so terrifying in general without even like the Blair Witch being a piece of it. Totally. Uh, so I revealed last week, was that last week when we yeah. did our top uh, 90s horror that I had never seen this movie. So I was coming in completely fresh and it totally was effective for me too, despite having seen all the found footage movies that have kind of emulated it. And despite, you know, not being wrapped up in like the initial wave of hype. And you just said, Ashley, how real it feels like Mm -hmm. people were legitimately confused or intrigued as to whether this was a real story. The, uh, the main, uh, the leading woman in the movie, like her mom was getting like condolence cards in the mail (laughs) and people were flocking to Burkittsville, much like these three podcasters here and trying to like visit the house that's in the movie. But yeah, what's so cool about it is just that three people went out with some film equipment. Obviously they had a crew and stuff, but like Mm -hmm. there's three people in the movie uh, cast members aside from some interviews at the start. And then there's nothing. They, they, there's some set design, obviously, like with uh, stacks of rocks and, <laughs> and <sticks>. um, twigs. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then there's one scene. Um, I'm sorry, Maori didn't get enough satisfaction out of the tongue, perhaps. Teeth? Yeah, what teeth? was? I think it was teeth. Yeah, there was, there was like one moment of, of there was a bloody um, rag, or like it was part of his. It was shirt. his shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm forgetting the main characters' names here. Jake. I, to... I don't Jake. remember any of their names. <laughs> Heather. Not... Oh, Mike Heather and Jake. Hmm. Heather, Josh, and Mike. Oh, okay. Close. That was yeah. close. And the actors' names—it's actually their their real names as well. Uh... Ray Hans plays Heather. Josh and Mike, oh. though. <laughs> well, then... well, for those two, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I thought you were going to be completely wrong, but <laughs> just for her. Um... yeah no this movie is incredible like it's incredible what they were able to uh, accomplish like we've all been in a situation like this and even maybe like filmed little you know like uh uh, hiking videos or Mm -hmm. something like that but the performances are really solid yeah Uh, there's a couple times where they're like amping up their arguments about the map which we kind of teased where i don't know if you if it uh, occasionally feels like they're over they're like over their head acting wise um and and loses me a tiny bit but that's that's really stretching for any kind of critique yeah and i read that um each day they would like hike to a location and get a cue for what like their prompt was so they didn't even know what the other people were doing so like that whole map thing of him like losing the map like they didn't know like that was when the direction was going to go and like each day they'd get a different cue which is kind of which is really awesome well, they they basically yeah they took away their phones so they only had walkie talkies, mm-hmm. and they totally immersed them in this experience and freaked them out, shaking their tent and yeah. s- scaring them with. So they actually thought they captured that in the film, like they actually thought something was <laughs> was shaking their tent. They got lost and the radios wouldn't work, and it was pouring down rain, so they had to like 
find a a nearby house and then contact the crew from there. I mean, it, some of it sounds a little abusive. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I think everyone was on board. And, and then mm. definitely there was some fallout after the movie in terms of like where their career, they, I don't know if they wanted acting careers after this, but mm. didn't have uh, much uh, going on after this uh, as far as the the leads in the movie. I feel yeah, like... Th- their their performance was made sense for the film though because they're people filming a documentary about the Blair Witch yeah and they start to lose their fucking minds yep. so so yeah it does kind of make sense even when it kind of takes you out of it gets a little it's heightened kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's totally I, it's totally believable the places they're going I was just saying that occasionally the performances seem forced but mm-hmm. the situation totally warrants it <laughs> I'm, yeah. Def- yeah. I'm not disputing that um, we do have a clip from uh leading up to the map reveal of what happened <laughs> as far as what happened to it fucking positive these were not here how would we have like just made a campsite in between three piles of rocks just by coincidence <laughs> you don't think this is strange yeah so they're arguing like they keep finding progressively weirder stuff and then when they go to sleep at night that's when they hear these like how would y'all describe the sounds that they hear it's like cackling baby cries <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like people snapping like branches and stuff around yeah, them. Yeah, branch like snapping branches. Yeah. yeah. Big branches, yeah. not not just stepping on them, but yeah. Yeah, they're building their little crosses and whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I mean we the, the crazy thing about the movie is we never see any of the actual threat. You see mm-hmm. their response to it, you see them running. I did read that there's that scene, it might have been part of what we just heard um uh, where they run out of the tent and she sprints out of the tent and she's like, what the fuck was that? What was that? And they were going to pan to the witch or to a woman in white, like Oof. an actual witch character. And they, the, the, the cinematographer didn't pan. <laughs> so they just didn't, <laughs> they just didn't refilm it. Um, awesome. Cause everything was happening, I guess so fast. And, and I, I don't even know whether it would have worked better. Cause you, I was expecting to see something during yeah. that that sequence and so it probably would have worked if they just like barely showed it um and you couldn't quite make it out but it also works (laughs) somehow without them ever showing anything i think it's like scary sorry you can go Derek. no no no, go i was just gonna gonna say that i think it's scary when they don't show it yeah like even when i think it was like babadook or something i thought was really scary and then they showed the creature and i was like i'm out like i just kind (laughs) of lost interest but with this one i was like that's really effective and every time they like it heightened at night and they just like it got scarier and scarier and they'd go out of the tent. I'm like, don't go out of the tent, even though yeah. you don't see anything. You just see branches and like some lights, but it's terrifying. Exactly. Yeah, that was a good choice unintentionally, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, you don't you don't see anything. It, right. So that that adds to the. Uh, the intenseness the and then when they get yeah. to the house at the end i was like oh, i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> yeah let's well, well let's say that for just a minute and yeah because i want to talk about like the the two sources of of tension in the movie are you know well they get lost because of the map debacle so she 
uh, is responsible for uh, guiding them and more or less like gets them to some of their original destinations like this. Uh, what's the graveyard called? She takes them to this like grave where a the bunch of people rock. Yeah. Like on their first day and their first day in, they, they go to this, this one um, landmark that they wanted to find. And then they're going further and further into the woods and on like day two or three, they're Cause trying to rock. leave. They're only supposed to be there for like two days, right? Yeah. Like in the, it turns in, into like eight. Yeah. So they're something. running out of food. They're snapping at each other. And then one of the characters, Mike, reveals, and I'll be curious if y'all think he was joking or serious, um, that he took the map and threw it in the water. <laughs> was that real? I mean, was that was he serious or just fucking with them? Because he was. No, I think it was serious. Yeah, I think so too. I think he was just like, this map's obviously not doing anything. We should just go one direction all day and see if... It... But then they kept making them go in circles somehow because it's a magic woods. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because she was guiding them with the map and also getting them lost at the same time. Yeah. Right. And they were starting to lose confidence in that. And yep. so that's why he ditched the map. But yeah, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, it was... The cool thing about their characters and their performances was they would go from like moments of bonding and mm-hmm. like solidarity and being really excited about what they were accomplishing to moments of like hysteria, moments of absolute anger, and then they're hungry and chomping on dry leaves. Uh, but yep. then they kind of like bond over that and like he finds um a couple cigarettes in the bottom of his bag so they can like smoke i think this is already after josh disappears disappeared mm-hmm. and uh the other source of friction is that she won't put down the damn camera um yeah, so this she is what I, everything this is what i was more curious about uh from did y'all think that it was unrealistic that they kept filming throughout all this chaos or was that actually like a coping mechanism I think it was realistic because she said in the movie, she was even like, this is all I have. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then I, I like really felt that for her. And I was like, okay, like this is all she's like holding on to. She's like, if nothing else, like if we die or whatever, like this is the only thing they'll find with us. And this is all, you know, that I have left. So and it would also Mike, be super annoying though. <laughs> yes. I guess that that's why it's such a good, um, such good tension because you understand where both sides are mm-hmm. coming from. She, is uh, I think it's it's comforting her like it's less scary for her to run out into the woods with all this going on through the lens of a camera. Mike yeah. even says it's not quite real. I can see why you want to film everything because then it's not quite reality. Yeah. And I think it's a way for her to disassociate from the <laughs> reality that they're probably going to die. But for everyone else, when she's shoving, when she's she's the one looking through the lens, they're the ones having the camera facing them when they're freaking out and panicking and annoyed as, as fuck that they can't, that they're lost. So, yeah. And they're just like trying to get back to their job and life and return the equipment and like very basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, so man, that was, that was super tense. They also use this device of when they're filming with the camcorder, it's in color, but when they're supposedly filming on 16 millimeter, it's in black and white. But they're both on a camcorder, right? Yeah, yep. it's grainy. The, the, that was maybe my one cinematic nitpick with the the style of the movie. I think going from color to black and white was a really clever way to achieve 
you know, to show when they were like intentionally filming versus just behind the scenes filming. Mm-hmm. But it looked like the same footage quality. It wasn't yeah. improved. <laughs> the quality wasn't improved because they were still clearly filming on a camcorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that bothered either of y'all. It didn't bother me. I mean, I did the shakiness got me a little bit when they're walking in the woods and stuff like that kind of made me a little nauseous. But other than that, I mean, it was really effective, like the way they filmed yeah. and it, when they when well, I mean, I know we'll get to the house eventually, but when they're in the there. house. OK, cool. So when no, they're in the house, the house yet. OK, go ahead. <laughs> scary. It's scary. Um, so they see a house in the woods where allegedly that's where the Blair Witch hides out. Mm-hmm. And they hear their um, friend like screaming. And at this point, she hasn't revealed that she found like his teeth and his shirt and stuff to the other guy at all. He has no idea. Yeah, she never right. tells him. Yeah, I didn't think about she that. Just tell him at all. Because I feel like she like if she tells him, he's going to lose his mind. So she's probably like, I'll just hold it, hide it to myself. Um, they're they're already the- looking for him anyway. Yeah. What good would yeah. it really do? Yeah. And then they hear him screaming. And so they're like, and so the one guy just takes off and runs in the house. And they're both filming while they're running in the house. And it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, they both know also that they don't think it's him. They do kind of think they're being tricked, but also, but what are they going to do? Like they yeah. they can't get out of the woods. They do hear his voice, uh, but Ugh. they they also know like it's probably a trap. Yeah. Oh man. And then yeah, so then one of the cameras um, drops uh, his camera drops on the ground that's the last we see of like the black and white footage i think or it's the other way around and then she runs down there and the last mm-hmm. thing does anyone want to describe like the end uh, shot of the movie it's kind of notorious for how it how it <laughs> go finishes. ahead derek so they're in the basement and um yeah so mike goes down to the basement and you see his footage. Mm-hmm. He gets hit or something, and then the camera uh, falls, and then you just see the ground, and then she is freaking out, trying to find Mike, and also goes down into the fucking basement. <laughs> a smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so the whole story is that uh, the killer or the the Blair Witch would take two kids down into, or would take two kids somewhere. Mm-hmm. Make one look into the corner and then kill one mm-hmm. and then yeah. kill the yeah. person that was in the corner. So Mike's in the corner. And then Ugh. then that scene uh, is so scary. Yeah. Then the other camera falls and yeah. they're both dead. Yeah. I that's a good that's a I'm glad you brought that up because that's a crucial we do get some history at the beginning of the movie when they're interviewing people in town. And uh, that's the only time we spend with uh, anyone other than the three characters. And one of the townsfolk tells that that story about the kids. Mm-hmm. There was like eight kids or seven kids that, that disappeared. Seven. And yeah. And they um, had seven so, piles of stones. So then they go to the graveyard, there's seven piles. Right. And then when they wake up from the tent, there's three piles because there's three yeah. of them. Yeah. Oh, good point. Wow. Okay. Some of these things are like pretty subtle, but mm-hmm. um, clear parallels to the legend. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the end scene is so disturbing because still you don't see anything. You don't see anyone die. You don't see any um, <laughs> yeah. threat. You just see him staring blankly into a wall. Uh, and like like Derek just said, ugh. you know that that signals her yeah. death oh, because creepy. that's the signature move. And then it just ends. Uh, so It's so like so unsettling. <laughs> what's with the they walked for 15 hours going south and then they uh-huh. came across the same log 
going across the river. Mm-hmm. So was the witch like fucking with them? Were uh, they truly walking in one direction and transporting? That's a good question. Back? I don't think they were walking in the same direction. So I think they thought they were, circles. and they were just going a little crazy, gotcha. walking in circles. Yeah. And that, that was my theory. But yeah, it, it's yeah. it's not impossible. I mean, she was definitely taking a toll on their mental their uh, mental state. So uh-huh. yeah, it was a factor for sure. I don't know if she could like actually like change what they were you know seeing or reshape the woods or anything. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And I thought I at was... one point because he had like the compass. And he was like trying to direct them with the compass, and I was like, I bet you the compass is all messed up, too. Oh right, that's that's actually very uh, reasonable. Also, I keep gendering the witch. Um, isn't yeah. it? Was it a man? So they okay. So when the townspeople are talking about the Blair Witch, that one guy is referring to as a he, and the other person's referring to as a her. So okay. you don't really know if it's a gotcha. guy or a girl. I'm just, I'm just defaulting, you know, um, in you a very witch of a female, stereotypic yeah. way. Yeah, stereotypical yeah. way. So yeah, um, men be witches too. Yeah, <laughs> warlocks. Straight. Are they warlocks? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We'll get our witch pronouns straight by the time we watch the sequ- sequel to this. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this is. Uh, I I feel like I had the. I don't even know if it's if it's harder to rewatch it um, in terms of like, is it going to live up to your expectations versus me who just went this long without having seen it and knew the its reputation. But it's really cool that and impressive uh, to the movie's legacy that it it lived up to all of our expectations coming from those different experiences. And aside from Mallory, unfortunately, which is totally fair, like. Uh, if that's the kind of like, I don't know, that's one type of thing that that I definitely enjoy about horror movies is over the top gore and, and campiness. This is not the type of horror movie I would watch on a regular basis. This is too immersive and, and actually scary mm-hmm. uh, to be in. Inter- it's not entertaining. It's effective. It's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like not for- something that you watch every like October during, no. you know, horror month. Mm-hmm. every 20 years or so yeah <laughs> that's what i did <laughs> yeah and i mean but isaac also was Im- impressed by it uh it's it's just cool that it does kind of have a somewhat universal appeal mm-hmm. even though it's uh made for no budget with non-actors and <laughs> you know just like and doesn't show anything yeah <laughs> in yeah. the script uh we i I didn't want to I didn't mean to be too harsh on a couple of those like performance moments because the script for what it is uh is really impressive too. Like just their mm-hmm. their their banter with each other seems natural. The dynamics of the group cuz Mike uh, her and Josh are friends but Mike uh, she's never met before so like them bonding in the hotel room before they go into the woods is all is all feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. And some of that's because it's done with the camcorder style. It doesn't need to feel as heightened as like a normal movie. It feels more authentic just because of the presentation. But I, I was impressed by all of that. Yeah, I was too. Man, that was such a uh, such a good movie. Yeah, I'm glad we. I'm really I'm really glad I finally watched it. Um, really glad it it didn't disappoint. And I think that's that's it for the first part of our discussion. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No poem this week, Ashley. That's that's okay. I know we're all reeling 
from that experience. So <laughs> we can go straight into rank the blank. Derek, Ooh. do we have a sweet, sweet sponsor this week? Take. You're moving it. No, I'm not. You're moving it. It's spelling something. This is too weird. Go ahead. Ask another. Ask another. Right. It's so, fun. Like I watched was... a bunch of those commercials. You didn't. You should have read some of the text. It's like, will I be able to slam dunk? Will we get a <laughs> a snow day this year? It's like really uh, harmless Aww. questions. But each commercial will they mom made. Let me go on the ski trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> each commercial they made, they just like change out the the title cards with the the questions, which is so uh, if it, effective. If that it's wasn't for clear. It's, it's for a Ouija, Ouija board. board. Yeah. <laughs> or is it a Ouija board? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually heard that in one of their ads, too. I've always said Ouija. Mm-hmm. But I think. Ouija. Um, yeah. I think purists say Ouija. <laughs> we will accept either. If you are using our sponsorship deal, just um, say new release sent you. <laughs> so wherever you get Ouija boards. This week's um, Rank the Blank is a um, segment we do where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic is ultra low budget movies. So what's the budget for Blair Witch, Ashley? 25K. Yeah, 25K. Then they spent a little bit of money, you know, marketing and distributing it. It paid mad dividends to the tune <laughs> yeah. of 250 million dollars worldwide That's and crazy. so yeah i think it still is the i don't know why guinness is involved in this but uh the world record holder for proportionally making the most money um from its budget so wow. you know if you just do a multiplier of 22k to 250 <laughs> that's, that's insane profit um and then it inspired you know lots of movies like paranormal activity and and things like that that were also made on a shoestring budget and and incredibly profitable horror movies so should we make one like that then is that what you're saying yeah that's what we're doing right now this podcast normally costs tens of thousands of dollars to make per episode (laughs) but we're making this episode for only you know a thousand dollars so yeah out of my pocket you know those ouija Those Ouija kickbacks can't come soon enough. Can we make this for cheap? Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, how can we, how can we make this uh, free audio recording even uh, cheaper? But, even freer. Yeah, yeah. We'll pay you. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way we could get our budget up to twenty-two k. Nonetheless, um, we're gonna use somewhat of a fluid scale, but all of our choices are gonna be in the range of you know under two hundred. K, I think. Um, and horror movies notoriously are profit generating machines. Like you can uh, use affordable actors, you can use minimal locations, and you can spend um, most of your money on special effects, which this movie didn't even didn't even need. Uh, and and then you know if you and there's always a built in audience. So horror movies have been like the most consistent profitable genre for as long as they've been um, uh, in theaters. what um, Do we have any honorable mentions that we want to list before we get into our choices, Ashley? Mm, so we have a couple. So I and some of these I haven't really heard of, um, but I'll show Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Yep. You never heard of that. Well, I went to ones I have heard of, Derek. So that was only for eighty four thousand, which is really impressive. Um, Primer was only seven thousand dollars, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan's first movie called Following, which I haven't seen. Yeah, I didn't realize that movie was made for six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's like that's nuts. But yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get right into our choices. The first um nominee of course is the movie itself so we'll see if we have any competition that can live up to the Blair Witch Project Ashley what's your choice I'm gonna go with one of my oh one of my favorite movies of the podcast that I watched in the past I'm couple years so so excited that, that <laughs> this is one of your favorite movies was... I don't know why I liked it so did I just like so... it I thought yeah, you she loved it. Like it yeah I really liked it oh okay oh, yeah um so I'm gonna go Jamie with the didn't race. love it oh okay I'm going to go with Eraserhead. Um, so that was made for 100K, but it's just so bizarre and far out. And the set design's really cool. And you can tell a lot of like creativity went into it, even though it didn't spend a lot of money. So that is my pick. Yes. Um, David Lynch. I, <laughs> Your favorite. No argument. Yeah. Nothing, nothing <laughs> else to add. <laughs> um, I'm, oh, man. I'm really torn between a John Carpenter uh, classic, um, basically his first like full feature film assault on precinct 13 or i think i'm gonna go with this other one because it's Mm -hmm. a little more of a change of pace from what i normally pick this um singer songwriter movie called once i love it Um, i love that movie movie's good and marketa globa the globa yep that sounds right Mm -hmm. um it's basically just them meeting and it's there's a romance they they go into the studio and write an album it um Oh man, what's the what's the title track? It got it won best uh song Oscar. Uh, I don't know. I just know they're, they're, uh, yeah, and their band was yeah. named The Spell Season, which is really cute. Yeah, but you get to see um the music making process. It definitely helps from a create uh, entertainment standpoint when like um just the songs themselves are working so like they don't need a lot of of drama and, and stuff in the movie when you're just kind of enjoying uh, almost like a behind the scenes concert film and then their romance clearly like the uh, the emotion pouring out of the songs is translating to their their budding romance and it's just really sweet and cute and like um in a time when we're talking about a like a lot of dark and cynical <laughs> movies this movie is just like the most earnest um genuine film you can pretty much get very yeah. indie yeah mm-hmm. i love yeah it's beautiful and then derek, there's derek's do you have something genuine for us <laughs> and then there's mine okay so ash you have if you haven't seen this you've got to watch it it's called yeah, Cube. It. it's uh a 1997 i would say horror film yeah yeah uh awesome lighting awesome like synthesizers and weird it's just fucking weird um, but it was made for shit, three hundred and fifty thousand Canadian dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So convert that to uh, I'm just kidding. Well, I did. So <laughs> in today's uh conversion, it's like two hundred and fifty six thousand. We'll count it. Okay. Drew, explain. Give uh give a synopsis of this film because I'm not doing it justice. Yeah, I I mean it's sort of a puzzle movie these people get trapped in um this like sci-fi 
um, like sci-fi room and the opening scene alone is uh, <laughs> iconic and unforgettable where um, lasers come out of all directions and basically uh, dice the people into cubes. So oh that's gosh. fun. Um, definitely just just wow. start with the beginning of the movie as most people do. <laughs> and if, if, if that doesn't if that doesn't hook you, then um, honestly, I don't remember a ton of the rest of the movie. I know the director has made some other cool stuff like Splice. Um, so he's like this oh, sci-fi okay. um, so he likes horror director. To cut things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ashley, you've seen Ghost Ship. The opening of this movie yes. is basically like the the opening of Ghost Ship. Oh, I love it. Took it up a notch. But Cube has this weird mix of like late 90s computer generated sci-fi, um, but, but actually done almost uh, in a Tron-like way where it feels so detached from reality that the that the computer generated effects work. Um, and, nice. and then they're combined with like real uh Mallory, Mallory would love the the real gore and uh, blood and <laughs> and cube mixed with like computer lasers. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, hmm. it's a strong contender for sure. But where do we want to start? I mean, this is Blair Witch. Obviously, is a really strong contender. Eraserhead is one of you know <laughs> is made by my favorite director. It's like top half of his movies. Um, but it's his most artistically impressive achievement. Well, like from a set design and from kind mm -hmm. of like use of, of budget standpoint, I would say Eraserhead is probably the best example of, of that. And mine is has none of the <laughs> like uh, high concept things going on. It's just a like a... a genuine movie a genuine like uh character drama so yeah ashley what do you think i don't know it's tough because i'm trying to think of like the criteria right so Good like, range. Are we, yeah yeah are we basing it off of like it doesn't look like it's a twenty five thousand dollar movie or it did really well with what it had i or... think it's like it's just making a low budget go the furthest so yeah so blair witch project uh, I, I mean yeah i, I, I think mean, it has to be first yeah, yeah. i think so too um I would do, I would probably Eraserhead do. Eraserhead has to be second, right? Blair's Project, Eraserhead, Cube, yeah. and then Once. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Once almost Who feels loses. like. Yes. Yep. That's the takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask my Ouija board when I'm going to win again. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Once almost feel, it did feel like an indie movie, but it almost like is too slick and polished. I mean, yeah. It just feels like a normal movie. Like it, it's impressive that they made it for so cheap, but um, and the music is almost a cheat code for uh, yeah. to some to some degree. So because it works just as an album and just as like a series of like sequences, I think Blair Witch is yeah a more complete movie. Um, Cube is taking some real swings <laughs> and Eraserhead is just an absolute artistic achievement. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Sweet. All Good right. job, Blair Witch Project. Yep. Resurrected. It's been a while <laughs> since our, since the movie one ranked, mm -hmm. one, right? Probably so. Yeah. I can't remember. can't remember the last one. Nice. All right. Well, thank you. Ouija 
slash Ouija for fake sponsoring <laughs> Rank the Blank this week. Excited to see what kind of family-friendly uh, November sponsors we can drum up. But for now, let's return to our feature presentation. Okay. Um, uh, and so much that we can see into the future from our final resting place. How has this movie been received, Ashley? Uh, it's been received pretty well by the critics, which is cool because it's yeah. such a low budget, like weird movie that you just re- never really know. But I would like to hear an actual, like maybe a Cisco and Ebert review. Yeah. Let's see if they liked I it. One. The Blair Witch Project is creative and inventive and original and surprisingly disturbing. And a triumph over their limitations. Yeah. I mean, the wonderful thing is they're going to have to shoot on video because they don't have a big uh, amount of money. And what do they do? They turn that into something that is wonderful in the movie. I mean, I had chills as I watched this and it wasn't the air conditioning in the theater. It was marvelous. Well, you know, the way they did this movie is really ingenious. Because... Whoa, okay. Approved. Yeah, they loved it. I'm, I'm... Wow. You never know with them, so not horror. Well, you do, you do know they they definitely don't have a strong appetite for horror. Yeah, and so overcoming that bias is impressive. And I guess that was sort of the the consensus, right, Ashley? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was just it's kind crazy. of like creating yeah. that feeling without having like a budget or showing anything is pretty impressive. So. Yeah. I mean, it was an instant phenomenon, but it is uh, almost surprising that there wasn't like a critical backlash or there. I'm sure there was dissenters or people that yeah. thought it was overhyped, but like, it's just cool. I mean, it goes back to our initial discussion that like it has pretty universal appeal for being like horror movies usually appeal to a narrow, narrower audience and then things that are made on um this tight of a budget usually are just going to have a limited um shelf life so it's mm-hmm. crazy oh man how did it do i know you're talking about the box office kind of briefly like or how much it made but how did it do like the first week they catch on yeah so um i actually wanted to look at the the year as a, as a whole um, i can give you the the weekend numbers but to uh, to the point we were just making like this movie finished uh for the year at top 10 like this is the year Whoa. that phantom menace and sixth sense and toy story 2 and the matrix <laughs> um <laughs> wow. is, is coming out 1999 and um you know so it finished with 140 million that that year um opening weekend 1.5 so that tells you right there that's a hundred times multiplier. Normally, <laughs> if a movie makes <laughs> a million its first weekend, it's going to slowly go, you know, make less and less. But it started with, you know, 1.5 million and ended up at 140 for the year. So that's insane wow. in terms of home word like, of mouth. Oh, we're making a fucking ton of money. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I, I should have. I would love to read more behind the scenes yeah, interviews with the, the filmmakers and hopefully everybody. Um, profited immensely from this, but like they had no clue yeah. that they were gonna <laughs> get this I kind of return on yeah, on their their spend properly. I mean, there's no yeah. way they could have been. I mean, this is such an anomaly. From yeah. like they were probably barely getting paid if the budget was twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah. So like, hopefully it was, but they had no way to anticipate 
it would be making millions of dollars. They probably, you know, they wanted to make their money back. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, hopefully, but hopefully everyone um, profited from it. Wow. That's crazy. Top 10 for the year. Okay. Blair yeah. Witch. Um, all right. So would you guys consider this movie a new release or old news? Who wants to go first? Not going to be a lot of suspense here. <laughs> I'm going first. Uh, Mallory says old news. I okay. say uh, new release. Sure. Nice. I say new release and Isaac's is new release. New release for me. I couldn't get Jamie to watch this one, friend of the podcast. <laughs> so I don't have a second hand account to report, but um, <laughs> new release for sure uh, for me. Yeah, unanimous um, aside from Mallory. But wow, that's exciting. That's awesome. Um, so how early 90s is this Blair Witch Project movie? Uh, Not at all. On... We're skipping it. No. Oh, we are? Okay. Well, it's it's came out in 99. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a little tough. But and this is a With the camcorder, this, like well that's true. We could we could still rank it. This from a uh we talked about this last week, from a trajectory of horror standpoint, this ushered in a whole new generation of extreme like, did a lot for reju revitalizing the, the horror genre from a commentary standpoint. And then this introduced an a whole new subgenre of horror mm -hmm. that you would see nonstop throughout the 2000s. So I think of it, you're right, The it's set in 94, and the camcorder aesthetic is very early 90s. So it totally gets, you're right, it does It does get points for that. Mm -hmm. But I still um, think it's like in the 60s, like a Candyman. Sure. Maybe 50s. Um, okay. Um, okay, so what do we want to include in the new release gift shop? So when we watch a movie, we take something from it and make it our own and sell it for profit. Right now, we have a quite a weird mix from all these ho uh, horror movies. So we have blood bees that make you honey that it's blood <laughs> honey. Love it. Um, we have a puzzle box with mystery inside, some edible gator eggs, our new release soundtrack, which is number one on the charts on Spotify. Thanks, Spotify. Um <laughs> What do we want to yeah. take from the Blair Witch Project? Camcorder? Sticks and, sticks and stones. Oh, <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, we can sell these um, final, the, our final breaths on tape, our, uh, our last words. We're going to make you some copies of it. <laughs> a very, very limited release. Of, so you, yeah. you buy it today and you get it a year, a year later. Yeah. Ooh, like a time capsule. It could be a subscription. We've recorded dozens and dozens of final <laughs> final tapes <laughs> so that we can merchandise them and our um our friends of the podcast can reap the profits from them, our legacy. So so we'll send so we'll be, we call it the last camping chronicles and we'll sell them <laughs> limited release. Last camping chronicles. Perfect. Um all right, so what is next week? Next week is this week all over again. <laughs> <laughs> this week, if you recall, we were supposed to switch things up and watch Reservoir Dogs. Not switch things up, just go for transition from October, Shocktober, Fright Fest to um, action drama. Blood. <laughs> yeah, um, heist action. But we uh, wanted to put it off one more week. So yeah, we've got Reservoir Dogs next week for real yes. this time. Ooh, I'm excited. It's a good one. Who are your names? It's the White. If you get a customer, or an employee who thinks he's Charles Bronson, 
take the butt of your gun and smash their nose. It's the blind. If they hadn't done what I told them not to do, they'd still be alive. Mr. Orange. Come here. She killed me, man. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool-sounding name. We can do choose your character next week. Oh, yes. Perfect. Bring that back. Oh, man. All right. Westward Dogs. Written and directed by someone you might know. Big friend of the podcast, Quentin Tarantino himself. Um, maybe he'll be on. Maybe not. Can't say. Still in negotiations. But yeah. Yeah. If you want to find out what happens with that and the rest of November. And I don't even know what we're doing in December yet or where Ooh, we're going. Perfect. So Ooh. big mystery. Not to mention whether we're alive or not. If you want <laughs> to support our uh, <laughs> death, uh, <laughs> our rebirth, then you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts, including Instagram at new release podcast. We're actually is going to be doing a big fat dump of Period. the movies that's what you're currently doing um, <laughs> but of all the movies that we've watched um, so you can comment and follow along on there Ashley that's a witch Ooh, you're just <laughs> saying the names of the movies lately sometimes keep it, gotta keep you on your toes didn't you say that's a horror last week yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a snake butt yep Was there music in the movie? No. There is a soundtrack and a score. Unless it's from the new one. Yeah, I don't know. There was when no they were score. Going down into the basement, there were a couple of sound effects that they used to kind of make it creepier, but there was not. I definitely noticed you that. You can't really have one because it breaks the reality. Yeah. Like unless they brought a a a, 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 a boombox along or something, you know. <laughs> creepy. <laughs>